the fear of death and how we shall escape it. That is the topic of conversation today as we dig into this very important topic because so many people have a true fear of death and not only that, it is something that is suppressed, it's something pushed aside, but ultimately as we're gonna be talking about today, it is the grace of God that we have it. The Good Fight Radio Show. To discuss this very important topic, with me today on this special live edition of the Good Fight Radio Show is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. What a topic. 100% mortality rate. Uh, we better be ready to face death, man, because we're all getting there. Amen. And that is one of the things we want to talk about is the fact that uh, 10 out of 10 people will die at some point in their life unless they are here at the Lord's return. Uh, right. <laughs> but... Uh, we are excited to be able to be live here with you, and thank you guys so much. Wow, we already had someone uh, share a super chat with us there. Rebecca, thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Thank you for, for giving that. And she had to say thank you for uh, the work you put to edify the body, so praise God for that. And so many of our moderators that are already on there, we wanted to thank you guys. And uh, we'll have a short clip that we want to play uh, for you, but we're going to allow a little bit of the audience to come back because... We did have some technical difficulties. Poor Josh is working by himself today, and I see him running back and forth uh, behind the studio. But that's he's all doing to a get great job, man. He's juggling. <laughs> that's all to get you guys uh, back up here with us and back on here, and hopefully get you guys uh, sharing this. So if you get a chance, uh, maybe share this. Um, I'm going to be uh, handing this over to Joe just to talk for a second, and I'll be able to share it on all of our social media uh, things uh, on here and. It's just great to have you. It is an important topic. It's something that hopefully you'll be able to use this topic to evangelize, to share the gospel. It's one of those things. It's like that, you know, 10,000 pound elephant that's in the room and everyone just acts like it's not there and walks around it. So what we want to do is bring this thing and shine a light on that elephant and say, wait a second, it's important to talk about what's in the room because ultimately a lot of people don't think about it until it actually comes upon them, whether that's at a funeral or whether it is a diagnosis or whatever it may mm -hmm. be. A lot of people want to push it aside. They want to suppress it because they just figure, oh, if I don't pay attention to it, it won't bother me. And that's just not always the case. Yeah, amen. And we have a really cool clip to share with you guys in a little bit uh, that's pretty powerful with uh, celebrities, you know, well-known people who admit, some not admitting, but many of them admitting that they have an incredible fear of death. And you ought to have a fear of death if you don't know Jesus. Uh and, you know, I just was witnessing to a guy that came into my house a few days ago uh, to do some roofing work because some of our tiles went down. And uh, I knew him from the past a little bit, and he'd done some work on my roof before and uh, another house that I was at. And I was able to share uh, and actually address the fear of death because he had two heart attacks in a row. And he's about my age, and he didn't expect to be having those heart attacks. Part of him did, he said, because he knows his dad died of a heart attack early in his life, so that had always been in the back of his head. Uh, he said it felt like, it, speaking of an elephant, he said it felt like an elephant was squeezing, was standing on his heart, and uh, he had one of those, you know, widow makers, totally clogged artery and so forth, and he went down for the count. He was on the ground at the next door neighbor's house, knocking on the door, hoping they'd answer, and, and they took him to the hospital. And uh, I talked to him about the fear of death, and I'd just written a 20-page track, which we'll be making available to you guys pretty soon, that deals with a lot of subjects, including death, of course, uh, and I gave that to him and talked about the need for having Christ and so forth. And 
And it was just a very interesting talk because that came up, you know, days before uh, we, we, we picked different shows and, and it just kind of stunned me that Chad said, Let, let's do it with death on the live stream because you know, we're, we're sharing ideas. I go, well, that's exactly, I just wrote like a whole message on that too because I'm doing, we're doing it at the, our church, a set the captives free campaign. And it's about being set free from various things, including one of those messages I'm working on is on death. So I thought, man, interesting timing here. And it's important that we are ready to face death. The Bible says, Chad, it's appointed man once to die. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it's appointed man one time to die. But after this, the judgment. So we need to share with people not only the fact that they're going to die, but it should be even more concerning that they're going to face God in judgment. So it's a very important topic. So important. And uh, I, I wanted to say a couple of things uh, for, for some people that are on here. You guys may see Tony commenting on there. He was helping Josh uh, via via his phone, looking at the wires in the back to get everything all set up for you guys. And, oh, another uh, another uh, super chat came in from And thank the you, Goblin Rebecca. Dude. That was a blessing. And whoever else left one, yeah. because this all helps. This helps us employ people to get this stuff done and, and get the truth out to you guys. Amen. And, uh, you know, it, it is great to see. There's so many faces uh, that I have. We've had a chance to meet a lot of, uh, at least all of our moderators, I think now we've actually gotten a chance to be with at some point in time. Clarissa, we just spent some time with her and her husband, Good Andrew. Uh, we spent a little more time Amen. with him because at the men's retreats we do on the East Coast uh, once a year. But uh, a number of the other ones, Austin and Star, have come out. They said they're trying to come out with a number of other live streamers who watch. And for you guys that are on here, uh, make sure that it's not just Good Fight Ministries you guys are checking out. But as Joe mentioned, the campaign that we have going on, Set the Captives Free, that all stems from our congregation here in Simi Valley, California, Blessed Hope Chapel, going out and sharing the gospel door to door, going out and sharing the gospel with our neighbors, uh, with our coworkers, and so forth, and really focusing on local ministry in terms of getting the gospel out. And not only that, we're going to have a video that's not just for that. We're excited. It should be coming out next week that Josh has been working feverishly on, uh, and Joe, Joe as well, to, to get and, out and to you guys. And real quick, that's connected to the track we've done on a celebrity, you know, superstars and so forth and, and death and darkness and depression and, and the devil. And then we go into the gospel. So, and, and by the way, man, we're excited. Pray for this. I was just at a praying pastors meeting with a bunch of oh, nice. uh, conservative evangelicals yesterday here in Simi Valley. And they asked what was up and, and they ended up praying, you know, at my table, then the bigger venue of, they all started praying uh, that hearts would be open because each one of these tracks we've run about, we've run over 50,000 off or so but 45,000, about 45,000 homes in Simi Valley, each home. So we, we put the money out to get the tracks done and then to get in each home uh, with a bulk rate, thank God, uh, nonprofit rate. So every home in Simi Valley, uh, one zip code uh, coming up next week and then the next week, the other zip code in Simi Valley. So every house is gonna get this track and it's accompanied with the video that Chad had mentioned. Yeah, so, so pray so about yeah, that, please. It is, it is. We're we're excited about it. It's important um, to be able to share the gospel with every single, at least try to get a gospel track in the hand of every single person in our town. That was the goal, and we've been praying about it, and, and the Lord's praise doing God. it. Amen. So praise God for that. And also, we're going to be out in Texas uh, on October sixth and seventh. Um, hopefully, I see James is in the chat, so hopefully James will leave a link if he has one. Uh, but but nonetheless, you can even go to the. Uh, Good Fight Ministries Instagram page. We just shared a short video that James had done on us both coming out, and we're going to be there uh, teaching for that weekend. We're excited to come out there, see the Barn Fellowship and how it's been growing, and just excited to be out there and, and see our brothers and sisters. I see Brian Seagal's on the chat as well, so it's great to see you guys. 
uh, anyone who could make out, you know, make their way out to Texas, that would be awesome. But Joe, let's get back into the topic at hand. Not that this all doesn't uh, specifically mention this. I mean, even the set the captives free campaign. The fact is, is that we were once dead in our sin and our unrighteousness, and God has set us free. We were once prisoners and slaves to our sin, and now we're slaves to righteousness. And Amen. so that that is a lot of that. But one of the things that not only were we, but so many people today, and, and it's been coming out more and more, and people are talking about this. And I think, you know, we can look back on 2020 and all the stuff that happened, and the, the back of the mind is is that people, even though maybe it wasn't as scare, scary for some, the truth is a lot of people were very frightened about what was going on. They didn't know Amen. what would happen. And so they were being frightened, and it actually has, guys. Whatever the enemy meant for evil, God has used it for good because I know for yourself, you just talked to somebody, and that was you know related to heart attacks and so forth. But a number of people that I've talked to were like, it has been so much easier to share the gospel. It gets people more open because they're like, wait a second, there, this is there's evil going on in the world. If there's evil, it's objective. It's not just my opinion. This is wrong. There's some wrong things going on. So guess what? They're saying, well, where should I turn? And of course, the enemy is going to put every single program in front of them. Oh, this will help or this political alignment or if maybe all of the, the nation turns into this, then you'll be good. But the truth is, is death is still knocking on the door. Amen. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Teach us to number our days. And Joe, uh, we're going to we're going to play a clip right here. Because I want you guys to pay attention to a number of the ways that people are being open and honest in discussion, specifically about death and what they think about the afterlife and ultimately how they fear actually dying. Check this. Are you afraid of death, by the way? Yes. I, I, it's hard because, like... What if you just die and then you just see nothing forever, you know? Yeah, the nothingness. It just fades to blackness and you're just like that for trillions upon trillions to billion squared years. And it's just, it's scary. But also, it's definitely very scary. Something I'd rather not think about until I'm like 80. I'll, I'll deal with that problem then. Do you think there's something else that happens to you when your body stops existing? I think, uh, I think I'm not smart enough to even think about that. Governor, where are we going to go when we die? Be honest with us. Well, the truth is that we go six feet under. That's and it? we're going to rot there. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's it. I'm so scared of death. I haven't, I'm too scared of death, but I cannot accept death. I like, oh, so you're I will terrified of death. I'm terrified of death. I think, you know, our species, Homo sapiens, I don't think we'll be around in a, in a century or two. Mm -hmm. uh, we could destroy ourselves. Don't you fear? not being around. I fear living a life where I could have accomplished something and didn't. That's what I fear. I, I don't fear death. I conclude, in, you know, that I don't know if yeah. there's an afterlife or not. It doesn't really matter whether there's an afterlife or not, because we don't live in the afterlife. We live in this life. Mm. So this is the time you got to do whatever you got to do. Do you think about death? Yeah, definitely. You afraid I, of it? I'm prof profoundly haunted by the whole concept of death. Are you afraid of it? Definitely. Me too. Yeah. Oh, we should have that in common. I don't believe people who say they're not. What do you worry about? I mean, if you, if you, midlife crisis is often I like facing death. your own death. Yes. Oh, what so do what you do you need? What do you need? I need to know what to believe in. Like what happens when you die? Yes. I don't want to be a bag of dust. Well, Joe, there are a number of little clips, and I, I think we, it'd be great to talk about, you know, somewhat summarize all of them. But ultimately, there are some things that are stated in 
though doing those clips of just putting together uh tommy he's up visiting his brother and by the way we do have a sister church in idaho that he's visiting his brother i said sister church but it's his brother that is the pastor nick Paneri there uh in uh the treasure valley area if you guys are anywhere in idaho and want to find a good solid church amen but um but but tommy put that together for us yesterday before he took off to go uh to go to the church out there and just there are a number of things that stick out to me uh, that that I think we should talk about concerning what other people that by the way we are not of people that do not have hope but you're watching people that have no hope yeah, amen. their hope is only in this life and uh, Mr. Beast there who is known for his extravagant you know YouTube videos and all the things that he's put out and and now he's been, I've been seeing him kind of detail how he's trying to get in better health and how he's been working out and stuff. You kind of wonder if that's not related to some of these fears mm. he's having because a lot of people don't know this, but Mr. Beast actually started out wanting to be a Christian channel and use his channel just to share the gospel. But it seems like, as the parable of the sower, it seems like that seed fell on soil that the worries, the cares and affairs of this world, those mm -hmm. persecution maybe as well, but even just having money and so forth, and that fame kind of took him away from that. And in fact, his original logo had a cross in it. He had Romans one sixteen there, and and it's kind of a yeah, sad tragic, story really to tragic. see. And yet, yet now you have him what terrified at the thought of it so much so that he's suppressing the truth in yeah. his unrighteousness. And it seems like he's like, I'm just going to deal with that problem when I'm eighty. And the truth is, like, is he even going to get there? We don't know. Yeah, and he's riding on his fifteen seconds of fame. Uh, and I know a lot of people are probably thinking, you mean fifteen minutes fame? No, it's more like fifteen seconds because. I compare it to eternity or 15 nanoseconds because compared to eternity, this life existence is, can't even squeeze my fingers enough to show you how short it is. Uh, because the Bible says our, our life is like a vapor. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And that we should present our hearts before God and we should ask the Lord to help us number our days so we can present a right heart before him. In fact, the scriptures say it's actually better to go, and this is in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it says it's actually better to go to a funeral than it is to a party. Uh, it says, because at a party, you know, of course, at a party you have a fun time or what have you, but at a funeral, the scriptures say that you take stock of your life. You, you realize, where am I at with God? And that's far more important than riding a roller coaster until it's too late, right? Uh, so it's a wise person, the scriptures say, uh, considers death, you know? We're foolish if we try to ignore it. And uh, those who say that they don't have any kind of fear of death, well, they're either, you know, ignoring it or they haven't faced the reality of it. Uh, Arnold can speak the way he speaks, but he's hoping, uh, hoping foolishly, I'd say, that he's just going to go six feet under. Because again, point of man wants to die, but after this, the judgment will stand before the living God. If we don't know him, I mean, we're, in we're in trouble. Believers are even warned that God's a consuming fire. Believers are warned that it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So it's imperative that we know Christ uh, before we die. And it's not just, you know, you know people that are very well known, uh, but, you know, also well-known academics, uh, Sigmund Freud. Uh, he wrote a letter uh, talking about his nasal problems and things of that nature and, and how he had this incredible, this fear of death. And uh, one of the biographers I'd seen on him uh, wrote about him. I think it was a 72 biographer that came out, uh, Koran, K-O-R-O-N, uh, in 1972. And he talked about how he had this profound sense of, you know, fear of death. And Freud, who's, you know, the leading psychiatrist of, psychologists of times past, uh, that he had such a fear of death that he'd have fainting spells and so forth. And I think it's interesting uh, that Irvin uh, Yalom, and he's the 
emeritus uh, professor of psychiatry over there at at Stanford uh, University. Uh, He wrote a book called Staring at the Sun, trying to help people cope with death, but he himself has had this lifelong fascination and concern with death, and he wrote, Dying is Lonely, the Loneliest Event of Life. Even Sam Harris, another atheist, Sam Harris has uh, talked about you know his trouble with death, and, and Richard Dawkins, he tries to escape fearing death by writing books, so maybe he'll live on through his books, which he won't, and one day his books will all be you know, trash. And there was actually an atheist on uh, YouTube, Chad, in his 90s. He was a Santa Barbara, not far from us, an hour from us, uh, 45 minutes from where we're at here in the studio. And uh, uh, he wrote a uh, book about overcoming the fear of death. Then he went on YouTube in his 90s saying, the book doesn't work, you know, that I was wrong. And yeah, you were wrong, man. If you don't have Christ, you better fear death. Uh, and it's just important that we we get this down and that we understand, uh, yeah, we're all going to die, but uh, we don't have to have the fear of death. And the closer we come to know Jesus and have the understand that we're forgiven and have insurance of salvation because we're in Christ, the more peace we'll have at that time. So it's imperative that we come to know Christ. And those of you who know Christ, it's imperative that you press on to know him more deeply. And I think this is important for us to to really think think about and what, what people don't realize is this question is something that throughout all time, ultimately, in terms of humanity, that people have tried to, I mean, you could go on with the Egyptian and what they believed in the afterlife and so forth. And one, one interesting thing, Luke Ferry's book, A Brief History uh, of Thought, he wrote this, quote, The quest for a salvation without God is at the heart of every great philosophical system, and that is that is is it its essential and ultimate objective. And Socrates, according to Plato, put it this way. He said, practicing philosophy in the right way is, in fact, training to die easily. All of philosophy, if it's done right, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. And I think a lot of people are trying to figure out how could we do all this stuff without invoking the one true God. I mean, ultimately, that's what the Bible describes. It says that in Romans chapter 1, God has made it evident to them. Uh, not only has he made it through his whole creative order and everything, it says that the Holy Spirit has gone out and convicted the whole world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It says the Son of Man will be lifted up and draw all men unto himself. Over and over again, wisdom is crying out from the street t- tops, according to Proverbs chapter 1, to those who are naive, that anybody will come and come and hear from them. And also it says in Proverbs 2, 4, that if you would seek out wisdom as you would find treasure and precious silver, Amen. ultimately you would find it. And that is that is why when people say, oh, I'm looking and I'm searching, and they're not finding the one true God, it's very similar to me to anyone that is searching for something with, one, the wrong co- coordinates, or, well, it just couldn't be that. It just can't be that. But the problem is, is that is what it is. God is the truth. His word is true. Jesus really did rise from the dead. And ultimately, if you're not in Christ, this fear of death is going to be there, and as Larry King said in that short clip, I don't believe anyone who says they don't fear death. Sadly, yeah. Larry King is gone yeah. now. So is somebody else that was talking about the fear of death on that. Yeah, yeah. A couple no, guys. Yeah. yeah, a couple of them are, are no longer with us. And every one of them, I mean, life is but a vapor. James makes this clear. The psalmists make this clear over and over again. And one of the things that is written is to teach us to number our days. Amen. And I think that's important for each and every one of us to recognize the futility of life, and recognize the the speck of dust in 
all the 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 entire eternity comparatively. I mean, you have Michael Shermer on there. Well, we have this right now. We don't know. I'm just, I'm just I don't know. And he has no insurance of yeah. anything. He is so just flimsy about everything, anyways. But but when you're you're hearing these guys say this, and it's like, oh, let's put everything into this little time frame. How embarrassing is it when you realize? I mean, even in that interview, if you look further with uh, Mr. Beast, there, one of the things they talk about is the fact that he's like, well, I I wasn't around before, and uh, so maybe I I don't know. There's eighty times trillion times whatever, and you're like, yeah. In comparison to this little life, like maybe seventy, maybe eighty, ninety years at the most. You talked yeah. about an older guy, and ultimately, as he said, these things don't work, and only by having a true and living relationship with the living God and the source of all life, will you no longer have that fear of death? Yeah, amen. It's in, it's critical that we understand why we die uh, because we can't understand the solution until we understand the problem. And the first humans uh, in existence, Adam and Eve, you know, the day you shall eat, you shall surely die because of sin. Ecclesiastes, the soul that sins shall die. Uh, scripture is very, very clear about that. Uh, all, all of sin comes short of God's glory, and the wage of sin is death. You know, it's Ephesians three twenty three and Ephesians six twenty three. So sin brings death into the world, and and we've all sinned. And I remember doing a, a funeral one time, and my late mother in law, uh, she came to the funeral. She didn't come to church all that often, and she professed Christ the last year of her life when she had cancer. But uh, I remember her saying to me after the funeral, she said, "Joe, I had no idea that's why we die, because of sin." And I thought, wow, it's interesting how uh, people don't typically even... We, so we need to remind them of that. That's one of the harder things to remind people of when you're witnessing, but you have to get there, you know? You have to let them know they're sinners and they, they need Christ uh, because you don't can't understand the, and appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news. So it's imperative that we share with people the reason they die and then the hope they have in Christ, how Christ came to conquer death. A lot of people think that, you know, you die, you go to heaven. They're not, they don't realize, no, you don't go to heaven if you don't know Jesus. A lot of people, a lot of Christians thought that that's always the way it's been. You die and go to heaven as though that's the way it was meant to be from the beginning. But from the beginning, we were created body, soul, and spirit. Uh, we're created to, and we'll be resurrected in the end. And yes, uh, you die today in Christ, you'll go to heaven. But that's not how it was before Jesus died on the cross. In fact, Jesus said nobody had yet ascended to the Father, but he himself. Because prior to that time, they'd go to Sheol or a place in the Greek that was called Hades in a holding facility. And, we're, and I don't have time to, we don't have time to really get into that whole thing. But uh, there were, there was a chasm between these two realms. We see that in Jesus' teachings in Luke chapter 16, the rich man that was without God, without Christ. He went to Hades uh, in a place of torment. And Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom on the other side uh, and where there was water and it was called paradise by Jesus. It's where Jesus said on the cross, to the thief that repented and turned to him, today you'll be with him, me with him in paradise. And we know he didn't mean in heaven because Jesus didn't ascend to heaven yet. Even when Jesus rose from the dead right after that, uh, when Mary was clinging to him, he said, stop clinging to me. I've not yet ascended to my father. So we know he hadn't yet entered, entered into the heavenly paradise. But he went to the lower parts of the earth, it says in Ephesians 4. He took captivity captive in his train. He preached to the spirits that were disobedient in the days of Noah, First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. Uh, and he preached to them not so they could be saved. These were the fallen angels that were disobedient in the days of Noah, and, uh, but to announce his victory. And so when John sees him in the book of Revelation, uh, and he appears to John in Revelation chapter 1, John says, I, I, he beheld him, and, he, and his face shined like the sun and noonday. He said, I fell, a, uh, a, fell down dead before him. He put his right hand upon him. He said, fear not. 
I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and have the keys of Hades and of death. So Jesus uh, delivers us from the fear of death. And Hebrews chapter 2, specifically verses 12 through 14, says that Jesus, God in the flesh, right? He became flesh and blood. He partook of the flesh and blood of the children so that he might render powerless the devil, it says, who had power over death and set us free, it says, from the fear of death. That's a beautiful passage. So praise God, Chad, through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, he rescues us who accept his sacrifice and pain for our sins on our behalf. In his glorious resurrection, when we receive him into our lives, when we repent and embrace Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, he delivers us from the fear of death, delivers us from the power of Satan and the power of death. So praise God, the victory is in Christ. Amen. And one of the one of the texts I thought about uh, a lot is 1 Corinthians 15. And a lot of people, when they look at 1 Corinthians 15, specifically the end, you know, oh, death, where is your sting? And, and so forth. They look at that text and they go, oh, wow. And a lot of people may think that that's present right now completely. But when you get to 1 Corinthians 15 and you see first, it's that's the gospel, right? This is the gospel. Uh, and then he explains that Jesus Christ died according to the scriptures for our sins, that he rose again according to the scriptures, and then he appeared to not only the disciples, but to over 500 people in Corinth, many of which that were still alive at that time. And then he also appeared even to Paul himself, right? But then he banks the the ultimately that there's an afterlife. Like, so Shermer and all these people, they're like, well, what about knowing there's an afterlife, whatever it is? All of Christianity, all of the truth of what the Bible has specifically said, and by the way, if you're wondering about the Messiah and Judaism and so forth, the Messiah had to come before that temple was destroyed in 70 AD. That's Why right. do I say that? Because Daniel said that the Messiah would put nine. an end yep. to sin in Daniel chapter 9 specifically, and he gives us the date that this would happen. And he also says that the, the very temple, and I love it because think about this. He gives a date, 483 years from the time to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that the Messiah would be cut off. By the way, that ends, I'm not going to get into the whole math thing, but right at 33 AD. Nonetheless, when you see that, he gives a prophecy before the temple is built, after they have already gone into Babylonian captivity, yeah. gives a prophecy about a temple that hasn't been built yet, that it is going to be destroyed. I mean... Just unfathomable to even come to that conclusion to not realize this is the word of God. That's why Daniel was my first favorite book of the Bible. And now it's whatever yeah. book I'm that reading. It says he'll be cut off be cut and off. then the sanctuary will be destroyed. And then the sanctuary. So any Jew who's saying, Well, I'm looking for Messiah, it's like, wait a minute, Messiah had to come before the sanctuary is destroyed. Absolutely. And that and that temple, which by the way, when that when the second temple period started and the second temple was built, the people that were alive in the day of the the pre the first temple were crying and weeping because they were like, This is nothing compared to that splendor, and they were promised that the glory of the second temple temple would like guess seed. what would be better and yeah. would be exceed the glory of the first temple so what why well because the great i am yahweh would yeah. actually come and Amen. step into that temple in the person of jesus christ and put an end to sin he would pay for the sins of the world not just have it covered by the blood of bulls and so forth but actually would make that payment for sin and so you can put your trust in not only the word of God being the word of God, but you can put in trust that the sacrifice was accepted because he rose from the grave. And so we can know, and this gets us back to 1 Corinthians 15, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is an afterlife because Jesus rose from the dead. And as Paul said, if Christ has not been raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. This word, nothing else matters. Forget it. It's all put, put aside. But he did rise from the dead, and he banks all of the truth of the afterlife that we will live on after our bodies perish here. He makes all of it wet. 
to go to the end of 1 Corinthians 15, and at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, when he specifically says that death will be swallowed up in victory. I can't wait for that, by Amen, the way. Amen, bro. Just did a funeral for a blessed uh, brother's father, a blessed brother who had passed on. Hard to be there, but guess what? To know that we have Jesus Christ, to yeah. know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we get to be with him forever, that is what we hold fast Amen. to. And, mm -hmm. and, and when we say... Death will be swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? That's something that ultimately happens at the end, and he will dry up every tear. You know, he, there will be no Praise more sadness, God. no more pain, no more death. And so all of these things that we talk about, this fear for so many people, as Joe mentioned from Hebrews chapter 2, which I encourage you to maybe memorize Hebrews chapter 2, verse 15, because have that on your heart, especially if you're somebody that may has anxiety. And we're told in First First uh, Peter 5, 7 to cast all our anxieties, Amen. all of our cares upon, G, upon Jesus because he cares for us. So yeah. and to key, say all that, A lot that, of the Joe. key, bro, is, is, is just that, is meditating on the Word of God helps you overcome the fear of death. Meditating on Jesus and his person and who he is and what he's done for you. God is love, the scriptures say, 1 John 4, 8, 1 John 4, 16. And God became flesh and dwelt among us, First uh, John chapter 1, verse 14. And, uh, you know, Chad had mentioned how, I love that that passage right there, because ultimately death will be done away with, you know, when the new heaven and new earth comes. But for the believer, it's done away without our resurrection. It's in the context of the fact that uh, we will not all sleep, but will be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, that that transformation will take place. It's in the context of our resurrection, at Jesus' return, where he says, oh, you know, grave, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? He's quoting Hosea there. He's quoting Isaiah, uh, a couple of different passages in the Old Testament. And mm. we've had a number of funerals lately, Chad. I did a yeah, funeral for uh, Kimberly, a, a really wonderful sister who passed for with cancer. And, uh, you know, Anita uh, Dunn, a dear sister of ours, and one of, uh, who just, I start crying when I start thinking about these people because you miss them. But uh, they all were professing faith in Christ. Anita was just, woman's Bible study teacher for years mm -hmm. in our fellowship, moved to Arizona, but we just visited her. She had just visited us right before she died. I think that was all the, the Lord, you know, because she died way too young. Beautiful sister in the Lord. Uh, Brother Greg, uh, Key, uh, just, and these both were very, pretty young, not not really, same with Kimberly, all three of these, if you think about it, uh, not in their 70s or 80s, you know, and so, or even close. So, uh, and, and Greg was just, had the, just such a beautiful heart and, uh, Love, love God's truth as well. And then just Lenny, you know, Lenny was our sound oh, guy yeah. for years and years and years. And he moved up, uh, you know, actually moved down south for a few years because of his health and everything. And uh, he just passed a, a few days ago. So our hearts are broken for missing them, but our hearts are able to rejoice. That's the difference because it's bittersweet with a Christian. Because Paul said in First Thessalonians chapter 4 that we as believers, that when it comes to dealing with death, he goes, we don't, uh, he says He says something very interesting. He talks about how we're to comfort one another uh, with these words because he says that we have hope that the world doesn't have. He says, we do not mourn like the world mourns. The world mourns without any hope. You know, they're just in total hopelessness and total despair. No, no, no consolation, no ending, no, never seeing their, their, their loved ones again. But as Christians, he says, we don't mourn like that in the way, because we know there's hope. Because the Bible says, precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. And the scriptures say, to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. And Paul said, I'm torn between two desires. One was to stay with the church. The other, he said, which is very much better is to go be with Christ. Because Paul said, to live as Christ, it's awesome. But he said, to die 
is gain. And when we meditate on the scriptures, man, we all have all this hope. And oftentimes at a funeral, not always, but almost always, I'll share a story. I'll read that scripture where Paul said, Oh, death, where is your sting? And I'll talk about a little anecdotal story, which I love about a man uh, taking his, you know, husband and wife taking their little girl on a camping trip. And there's a, a big, huge bee, you know, in the back seat buzzing around her head. And she's screaming for, for you know, her, her braces off, so to speak, just, Daddy, Daddy. You know, and he's trying to get it out. He's opening the windows, but it's not flying out. It's just buzzing around her head, and she's afraid she's going to get stung. And there's this incredible fear. And he just reaches back and snatches that bee, man, in his hand. And, you know, grunts a little bit because, guess what? He opens his hand, and out comes the bee. And it flies around her head again. It's still buzzing around for a little bit. And she's screaming, but he says, you don't have to scream, honey. And he shows her his hand. He's got a big old stinger sticking in his hand. He says, you don't have to... He, you don't have to worry anymore, honey. That bee can't sting you. It already got me, you know? And uh, in a much more profound <laughs> uh, way with eternal consequences, Jesus took the sting of death for us in our place on the cross. And we don't look at uh, a dad's hands. We can look at his hands, so to speak, the scars on his hands that he took the death that we deserve on the cross. That's why I emphasize meditating on Jesus and understanding what he did for you and understanding his love for you. That he doesn't say, no, I don't want you on a damn you and I want to save that person. No, he's not arbitrary, guys. He so loved the world, Jesus said, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's you if you're trusting him. So just rest in that and grow in that assurance by continuing to press on and 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 in your knowledge and, and your love for Jesus, you know? Amen. And uh, we hope that that has uh, been a blessing to you guys in terms of answering those questions. But we do have some questions from the audience. And and by the way, if you still have questions, as we're going back and forth, I will try to pick some up. Uh, Tony has sent some over that he thinks are, are pretty solid that you guys have asked as well. So we'll try to get to those. And uh, the first question that we'll get to, and by the way, if you're new to our live stream, this is how we are typically going to be running the live streams. We'll be opening it up on a topic. And then for the last portion of it, after we do that, usually for 45 minutes, uh, then that next uh, 30 minutes or so, hopefully we'll be able to dig in and answer some of the questions that we do receive. And we do re receive other ones as well from people from our Patreon page. And if you're a part of that, thank you guys so much for supporting the ministry at patreon.com slash goodfight that you guys come alongside us and say, we believe in this ministry. And I know with Patreon, most of it is us giving a little more personal. We talk about some of the things that we're up to, whether um, you know we're at... Uh, football games on on saturday not for you know the pros typically or anything like that but for my kids and and uh or baseball or soccer whoever may be going or with the grandkids and so forth or grandkids for me <laughs> my uh nieces nephews and my children but anyways joe we are into the q a portion so let's get to the first one this one and and they'll jump around you guys don't have to be on any specific topic and we'll try to get as many as possible but three lucky dog asks this question he says where do, did all the Gentiles before Christ end up and all the Gentiles after that didn't have a chance to get to hear the gospel? And this is a very common question, Joe. And in fact, at my young adults group recently, we just had this question. Somebody asked that. And one of the things we were talking about, we were talking about Jewish relations and so forth and Israelites. And and I, I always love when you actually look at the book of Job. Uh, because mm -hmm. when you look at the book of Job, it is a Gentile book, actually, uh, written probably around the time of Abraham. Uh, but when God was choosing who he would look at when he was looking over the earth with 
there with the devil, and he was trying to say, hey, who's the most righteous? He chose a Gentile man. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very interesting, and that's during the Old Testament times. Uh, I think that uh, Paul gives a, a, a gives us other instructions as well that are, are akin to something that you'll probably hand over to in Romans. But, but yeah, Joseph, what do we do with these Gentiles before Christ and the Gentiles after that don't hear the gospel? Yeah, and I think your reference, Chad, to Job is just spot on uh, because sometimes what we don't, what we forget is that if God is going to send His Son in the world to die for the entire world, and Jesus says, "Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but Your will be done." In other words, if there's a way people could be saved without me dying for them and taking Your wrath upon myself in their place, please, Father. And there was no way. That's why Jesus says, "But Your will be done," and that's why He went to the cross. If He's going to go through all that trouble and all that pain to save us, surely He's not going to let people fall through the cracks uh, who would put their trust in Him. Amen. Because the scriptures say that God's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance, and that Jesus tasted death for everyone, Hebrews chapter 2, 9 through 11, and he's a propitiation of the payment not only for our sins, that's the elect, but for the sins of the whole world, okay? It's very clear that Jesus died, even for the wicked, uh, the scriptures say, uh, the false prophets who the black darkness is reserved forever in Second Peter chapter 2, that they deny him who bought them. Uh, we've been bought with a price, but he also bought, uh, paid for the sins of the wicked, so that's the heart of God, and, and his eyes go to and fro throughout the earth looking for people, right? So it's, it's, God was intimately acquainted with Job's fear of him, and he, and he said there was no one on the earth like him. And what's very fascinating about this, there's no evidence that Job had any access to scriptures. In fact, the scriptures probably hadn't been written at all because, as Chad mentioned, uh, it was during Abraham's day. In fact, some believe the book of Job was written perhaps even before the book of Genesis was written. But what's profound about this is what did God reveal to Job? I mean, it's, it's really amazing. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and that I will see him when he talked about being resurrected in the flesh, that he would see him with his own eyes. And there's many other statements like that uh, which refer to his faith in God and also understanding that, that, there's, that God would send a Redeemer uh, for him. And it's really, really beautiful. And I think this is important that we understand because uh, it's a great question, by the way, and it's really good to be able to answer this question because you'll get this on the streets. What about the Gentiles or what about those who had never heard and what have you? Because the psalmist said that the Lord makes his secret known uh, or the friendship of the Lord. And the, the Hebrew word is kind of hard to translate there, Chad, because we translate it secret or friendship because it has to do with something that, some, something that you unveil to somebody who have an intimate relationship with. And it says... Uh, the scriptures say that the Lord makes known his covenant toward to those who fear him and that he, the secret of the Lord is known by them and that he shall guide them in the way. So you have men like Job, you have Gentiles who truly respond to that general knowledge in the cosmos and the conscience that God gives them. And Job sees the creator, he responds to the light that God's given him and the Lord God gives him more light. And we see that not only in the Old Testament with Job, uh, and we see that also in the New Testament with Cornelius. Uh, he didn't. He didn't know Jesus, uh, but he feared God. It says he was a he was a Gentile centurion, right? A Roman soldier, a leader among the Roman soldiers, and and God sent Peter to him because he feared God. It says, and he actually you know fasted. He gave to the poor, so he didn't know Christ, you know, but he feared God, and the Lord promised He makes His covenant known to those who fear Him. 
And guess what? He was going to make his covenant, therefore known to not only Job, but to Cornelius. That's where the Lord directs Peter with a vision, sends him to Cornelius. He preaches the gospel to him, and Cornelius uh, gets saved. And Peter says, now I know that anybody who fears him from every nation is welcome to him. So I personally have a super strong conviction uh, that anybody who fears the Lord, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, they, if they respond to the light that God's given them, he will move heaven and earth to give them more light. And eventually they'll come into a knowledge of the gospel. How that practically manifests uh, is sometimes perhaps mysterious, but I'll give one example. I was doing a message on this very topic, Chad, several years ago, and a gal who was a nurse at a local hospital, the only local hospital we have here in Simi Valley, she raised her hand. And on those days, you know, it was on, I was being taped and I was like reluctant to answer her because she was in the back and she was new. And not because she was in the back, but she was new, but because she was in the back and she was new and I'm being recorded. So she wouldn't be able to be heard unless she was up front. The question wouldn't be heard. So she put her up, hand up for, uh, off and on a couple of times. And I said, hey, I'm so sorry, but you're gonna have to be quick, you know, because they'll always be able to hear you in this, this, this dead space on this tape. And she, man, I'm so glad I called on her. But she shared that as a nurse uh, and dealing with dialysis, she has a Muslim guy on dialysis and she's a new believer herself. And this Muslim guy's on dialysis and, you know, and he went into a coma and she continued to take care of him. She said he woke up out of his coma and she, they were stunned. And he said, Jesus is God. Jesus is God. <laughs> God revealed himself to him that Jesus is God. He ends up getting converted. She told me after that period of time, she said that there are about 35 different former Muslims came to Christ through his testimony and got saved, okay? I mean, just mind-blowing. But my point is this, is, you guys, Jesus said in John 7, 17, he that wills to do the will of the Father, deep down you want to get right with God, you'll know who Jesus is. Jesus said you'll know the doctrine, the context of what he was saying there is the doctrine of who Jesus is. So you respond to some light, he'll give you more light. And that's a principle in Scripture. So... Uh, praise God, no one falls through the cracks. And at the same time, we need to get the gospel out there so we'd be like Peter was to Cornelius. Amen. You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.